You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to on this podcast. Has BYU's sixth opponent of the upcoming season been revealed? We'll talk about the rumors of a Texas State matchup for BYU on today's show. We'll also catch up with Kalani Sitake, some more of his comments. Has BYU will hold their presumably final scrimmage of fall camp today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What is he looking for? Speaking of Kalani in the scrimmage, we'll get to all of that. And we'll also catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including some news around the NCAA that could have a, both a positive and potentially negative impact on the BYU football program. But I think mostly positive. We'll examine that as well. So a lot to get to, like I said, on a Thursday edition of the show. It is all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar, as well as our good friends at Biomat USA. We'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 20th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Starting off today's show, and BYU football will hold their final fall scrimmage, presumably of fall camp today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're expecting to speak with the media afterwards. So if you're listening to this and later on in the afternoon slash evening, well, that's probably already taken place. We'll have more comments from Kalani Sitake and players after we get a chance to speak with them tomorrow. But I think that this is going to be a very important scrimmage. And Kalani Sitake acknowledged as such during his media session earlier this week. Uh, The final scrimmage of fall camp normally is probably the toughest of all the scrimmages. It seems like when BYU goes live the most is that final scrimmage. Kalani Sitake really wants to get a look at what all of his players can do. Uh, There are going to be a number of players across the first, second, and third strings, as you would call them right now, get opportunities in this because this scrimmage is going to determine guys who will be presumably playing on the scout team and candidates for red shirts this fall versus guys who will be on the quote-unquote active roster. I know that that's an NFL term but it still applies in college football. So a very interesting scrimmage to come here. Obviously not expecting to have a lot be said to us via the coaches and the players who are part of the scrimmage once they speak to the media, but I'll be doing my best to reach out to some of our sources, some of our practice insiders to get more information on what they observe from the scrimmage and where things stand as BYU moves forward. So uh, before we get to a couple other thoughts on BYU fall camp as they look to wrap it up now and really turn their attention to Navy and game week mode, uh, Kalani Sitake spoke to the media earlier this week, like I said, and he did talk about what he expects from Thursday, what it'll go towards, and what he hopes that the outcome will be from today's scrimmage at LES. Thursday, I, I, I don't want to start forming a depth chart until we get to Thursday and, and get more evaluation on the guys. I think it's important to to give um, newcomers and, and also guys that have made huge difference from how they played last year to this year. There's a lot of guys that made huge strides from that moment in the last you know last year. So um, want to give them every opportunity to to establish you know their their place in, in the depth chart and for some of the starters to to pretty much confirm that they should be the starters but when you do that it gives you an opportunity to see 
uh, what you can count on um, going into the season, going into games, and and possible rotation. So I, I don't know if there's anything set yet, set yet. And I know there's some guys that think that there's some things that are working out. A lot of that has to do with experience. When you're looking at Matt Busherman and Kyrus Tonga, I don't know who's going to beat those guys out, you know. But there's other players that are in a similar position. But there's a there's other guys that are, that are looking at getting the best 11 on offense or defense, and that depends on personnel groups. And right now is the time for them to make that mark and to, you know, show that, that we need to put them on the field. There you have it. Kalani Satake saying that essentially today's scrimmage is the last chance for some of these guys to prove, you know what, you're capable of being a guy who can be on the depth chart, could be a rotation player at the very worst here. Or you're a guy that probably needs some more seasoning, needs to get some extra work uh, during practices, and probably best served redshirt this year and uh, serve on the scout team. I think it's going to be a very interesting delineation to see which players end up on which side of the roster. And we won't be given a roster that says this person is a scout team player. That's not how college football programs work. But I'll be able to pass along to you guys some of the information that I glean. And I do have a couple of nuggets for you here on today's show. So the first things first It appears, and I've said this for months now, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that Zach Wilson is going to be BYU starting quarterback, and there's no doubt about it. And everything I'm hearing this week is that Zach Wilson has essentially made the transition into quote-unquote starter mode. And what I mean by that is that he is taking between 80 and 90% of the first string reps already in fall camp. As BYU now transitions out of fall camp and into game week prep mode, that will stay that way. Zach Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback for BYU on September 7th against the Naval Academy, unless somehow he gets injured between now and then. Now, the big question mark now is who is going to be the number two quarterback? The three-man quarterback derby that some people had talked about this offseason potentially developing for BYU appears to be a two-man battle for the backup job behind Zach Wilson. And I can tell you this much, in speaking with people around the BYU football program, Baylor Romney, as it stands right now, is the odds-on favorite to be the backup quarterback for BYU. That's not to say that Jaron Hall can't retake that job at some point here, but so far through fall camp, Baylor Romney has been the more consistent performer. He's made actually some more spectacular plays. He's an underrated athlete, and the the biggest strength that Baylor possesses that maybe Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall do not possess is his unflappability. He gets into a hectic situation, and he's able to keep a level head, and many people who have that trait... They, they, they work in chaos better than everybody else. And it, it's a fascinating thing to watch. And I think the evidence of that for Baylor on the field that you can reference back to is what he did in that Boise State game. He was a third-string quarterback who was called upon to start his first career game against a nationally ranked uh, Boise State squad who was coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium with dreams of going to the New Year's Six. You can all remember the storylines leading up to this game. And all Baylor Romney did was go out there and absolutely just put on a masterful performance. He never got rattled. Guys like Curtis Weaver, who were trying to take his head off during this game, just never got to him. He has the ability under the most adverse of circumstances just to keep a level head and be able to continue to persevere and play well. That is what has led to today, where he is currently the number two running, uh, not the number two running back, the number two quarterback for the BYU football program, with Jaron Hall currently in the third spot. 
I would say that Soljay Mayava Peters is probably your four-string quarterback, but he is probably going to serve as the scout team guy this year as he red shirts to preserve your area of eligibility. And there's an interesting note here we actually need to acknowledge here in a little bit of what the NCAA has done that may actually help uh, Soljay have a quote-unquote second redshirt year potentially. We'll, we'll get to that here in a moment, but uh, sticking with the quarterback theme here for a minute, for all intents and purposes, right now, there's a very clear delineation that Zach Wilson is your starting quarterback, Baylor Romney is your number two quarterback, and Jer- Jaron Hall is your number three quarterback. And that comes from multiple people I have talked to around the BYU football program, both inside and outside, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad way to go. I think that uh, Zach Wilson, he is very much motivated to go out and prove that his injury last year was more of an aberration. He's able to stay healthy, and he's able to have a good year. Obviously, we're all anticipating BYU playing at this point. Uh, A number of games on the schedule already. Five of them with more to come, I would expect. And you would expect that he goes out there and really puts on a show against what would be perceived, I guess, as lesser competition for BYU. And then I think a guy like Baylor Romney, just the ability for him to be consistent, game in and game out, practice in, every practice he goes out there and just does the same thing. And his ability to thrive amidst the chaos that happens on the football field for a quarterback, you can think about it. You've got four, five, six, seven guys trying to take off your head, and you have to be able to look downfield, deliver a strike, and potentially take a shot to the head or the ribs that could injure you. That's what Baylor Romney possesses, that ability to kind of phase out the noise that's going on around him and just focus on what he needs to get done. And I'm telling you guys right now, Baylor Romney is your backup quarterback for the BYU football program. All right. uh, We'll get to some more thoughts on BYU football. Do they have their sixth opponent on the docket? A report out of San Marcos, Texas indicates that it might be done deal, be a a done deal. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at BuiltBar.com, guys. Built Bar has reinvented their already delicious protein bars. This is a local company here in the state of Utah, by the way, if you didn't know that. They're based in Utah County, and they have absolutely revolutionized the protein bar game. They go out and they just continue to make new flavors all the time, and they're doing a great job, I think, with this brand new Built Bar. The package is all nice and shiny, and the best part is, is these are already delicious protein bars, and any of you who have tasted a Built Bar know how tasty these protein bars are. They legitimately taste like a candy bar, and if you're a guy who's health conscious, regardless of whatever you're at, I'm a guy who's trying to drop weight, if you're trying to put on weight, you're a bodybuilder, no matter where you're at on the health spectrum, Built Bar is for you guys. They're low calorie, low sugar, but they are out there and they absolutely taste delicious. I legitimately have craved Built Bars. I can tell you that much. And that should say something because I've had a number of, of protein bars in my years here on this planet. And I have to say, by and large, most of them absolutely were awful and I would not want to eat them again. Built Bars, I will eat time and time again. I can give them a ringing endorsement, and they are a great company. The all-new Built Bar, it is absolutely fantastic. I would encourage you guys to check it out. If those of you who are on a keto diet currently, it also works out in that regard. It's very friendly with a keto diet. So there are so many different options when it comes to a Built Bar. All the different flavors, 12 original flavors, six new flavors with the relaunch of the Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com to learn more about this company, what they're offering our listeners. And right now, anybody, and I mean anybody, if you've ordered from Built Bar in the past, this applies to you still. 
You go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get $10 off your next order, or if you're a new customer, $10 off your first order. It's a great way to save some money and order the best tasting, most delicious protein bars on the market. That's our good friends at Built Bar. Use that promo code LOCKEDON and save yourself $10 on your next order. Well, guys, it appears that BYU is nearing their sixth game to add to the upcoming BYU football season, and a report from the Austin American Statesman and a Texas State beat reporter, Kef Ciardello, and hopefully pronouncing that correctly, Mr. Ciardello had a report that came out yesterday that he is hearing that it's all but done for BYU to face the Texas State Bobcats. He said, quote, it should be a pay game for the Bobcats, all I know for now. And what a pay game means is it's a one-off. It's not a game where BYU will owe Texas State a return trip to face them in San Marcos. Uh, Texas State is a bottom feeder Sunbelt team. They have not been good uh, since joining the FBS ranks to any large degree. They've had a lot, their work cut out for them in terms of really upgrading the talent. And they're in a talent-rich state, speaking of Texas. And any of you who may have driven between San Antonio and Austin probably have passed San Marcos. You actually pass the university uh, there. You see Texas State, the Bobcats. It's not a big school, but they are in an area where you actually can garner some talent. I think the biggest thing is just getting some consistency and getting some of the quote-unquote overlooked talent in Texas to come play for you because programs like BYU go into Texas and take out their fair share of guys in their own right. Texas, on average, produces per capita some of the most talented and actually just the most overall talent in high school football and BYU and other programs around the country recruit that state heavily as do the in-state programs. So very interesting situation all the way around. A Sunbelt team that BYU will be paying reportedly to come to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think you could do a lot worse than this. Obviously, you'd like to have Power 5 teams on your schedule. We talked a lot about scheduling yesterday after a conversation I had with one of my sources who's more tuned into the scheduling side of things for BYU football than I am. But I think a game like this against Texas State is a good game to add for BYU. You're not going to get A games across the board, especially during a unique year like 2020 has been with the COVID-19 pandemic. But if you can get a game like this where this team comes to BYU, you pay them a paycheck to come in, and you presumably make it almost a, a game that you have paid to, to win. I know that they're a member of the FBS ranks just like BYU, but Texas State in no way, shape, or form is on the same level as BYU in terms of caliber of a program. But I do say that knowing that, what, three years ago, BYU lost to UMass, which was actually their first road win as an FBS program in their entire football history, just an abysmal loss. So BYU may not have a lot of legs to stand on in terms of acting all superior, but I think this would be a good game for BYU to get on the docket. It's an easy game that you can slot in between maybe some more of your tougher games that may be coming down the pipe. I know BYU is continuing to pursue any and all avenues with Power 5 teams. Uh, The ACC looks like the only conference that BYU could get an agreement with. You'd have to travel to ACC country. So having a game like Texas State where you're at home, presumably playing them at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, in between maybe two road trips, I think it would be a fantastic ad for BYU. And a big tip of the cap to Kef Ciardello for the report here because Texas State hadn't really been on my radar. I know some other people were saying that they had heard about Texas State being a team that BYU could play. 
I think that anybody in the Sun Belt would be happy to play BYU. It's just a matter of, okay, do you have the logistics of having an availability a weekend that BYU needs you? And is it worth it to BYU to schedule more than maybe one or two of these Sun Belt teams? As it stands right now, BYU has a home game against Troy on September 26th. The date here for this reported Texas State game has not been announced. I could see it at any point in both October and November. I don't see it coming in September, but you never know uh, what ultimately is going to play out. And yesterday, also, the official announcement coming about the Army game for BYU. If you hadn't heard about that, I'll let you guys know right now. BYU will be traveling to Army on September 19th to take on the Black Knights at Mikey Stadium out there. And the big part about all of this is is it's actually a monster TV slot. And it's the 1.30 CBS time slot that normally goes to the Southeastern Conference, the SEC on CBS. You see that? You know the theme song I'm talking about. You think of Alabama. You think of LSU, Auburn. Well, guess what? BYU is taking on Army a week before the SEC is expected to kick off their season. Well, as such, CBS has a hole in their lineup there, and now it appears that both the Army Black Knights and the BYU Cougars will be taking that slot. That is going to get tens of millions of eyeballs potentially on BYU football, uh, and I think it would be a fantastic way for BYU to really kick off the season. Obviously, as it stands, they have the opener on Memorial, uh, not Memorial Day night, Labor Day night, as they take on the Naval Academy. I really do think at this juncture, you probably look at a bye week on the weekend of September 12th with such a quick turnaround playing on Labor Day night, and then you have your second game out there at Army. Does BYU travel home after that game against Navy? I would expect so, but there's also some argument to be made. Maybe you stay out, stay out on the East Coast. Maybe go to a university like Southern Virginia, practice there, stay there, and then gear up and stay in the Eastern time zone for that game at Army. It'd be a very, very long road trip for BYU, and obviously players have classes to take care of. But BYU going with the blended model they're going with 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 school, where some classes will be online, not all uh, teachers will be in classrooms teaching. They'll do some of it via uh, electronic means, but also teaching. Students will have to be limited in terms of how many can attend various lectures. Maybe it'd be an advantage where BYU could just say, you know what, you guys are going online for this quote-unquote week and a half that will be on the road. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I could just see it within the realm of possibility. So it's good to have Army officially on the schedule. We talked about this yesterday. I already told you guys that the BYU players, that it had been announced to them, it officially became official with a press release sent out about the matchup. The interesting part about that series, obviously BYU was trying to get a return game from Army, is that the return game is in November of, let's wait for it here, 2032. For reference's sake, my daughter is four years old. When that game, if it does get played in November of 2032, Army will be coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium when my daughter is 16 years old. She could theoretically be driving a car around, be in high school, and that will be the quote-unquote return date for BYU to take on the Black Knights. I have very high suspicions that that game is going to be bought out and canceled by Army at some point. Army has backed out on deals with BYU three times in three different decades. I believe in the 1990s they had a home-and-home set up. The 2000s they had one. Even in the 2010s when early on uh, in independence for BYU they had a home-and-home originally set up with Army. And all three times the Black Knights just canceled the deal. I very much see this game being played on September 19th. I'm not worried about that game being canceled unless the government steps in and says, you know what, college football is not happening this fall. But that return date, November of 2032, really, guys? 
uh, I have my doubts that game ultimately ever gets played. It'd be cool to see it, but I think this should be a long-standing series for Army and BYU. I, I'm stunned that Army, with their scheduling philosophy, doesn't want to play BYU. And maybe it's just because they don't want to have more than their fair share of, of tough opponents, but they really only play maybe one, two, three at the very most power five teams every year. They play two FCS programs. I get that they have to be careful with their health. They're in an option offense, and obviously these guys have to be physically fit to be part of the armed forces because there are going to be military leaders after their career in a in an army uniform for B, for football's purposes is over. They're going to be in a different uniform, their BDUs and dress uniforms as members of the United States Army. But I just look at this, and I feel like this is almost just a natural alliance that BYU should have a longstanding association with Army. Maybe this game will get that rolling here. Maybe they can schedule some other games between the return date 12 years out for BYU and Army. But to me, this almost looks like just like a tailor-made that BYU should have the type of agreement with Army that they have with Boise State where it's a home-and-home over 12, 13 seasons and you just, hey, we're going to your place one year, the next year you guys come back to our place. I think it would be a fantastic arrangement, but it appears that Army has other ideas for it. So, Fifth game official for BYU, speaking of the Army Black Knights. Sixth game pending here, but a report out of Texas and the Austin American Statesman via Kef Ciardillo. Uh, it looks like BYU is on their way to having a pretty good schedule. And as I mentioned yesterday, the Cougars are not opposed to scheduling up to 12 games. They will play as many games as they can possibly get on their docket. And at this point, I think you're going to start seeing more and more games being rumored and reported and even officially announced by BYU as they get the contracts done. I think you might see a majority of BYU's games on the road this fall, and I don't think that's a bad idea considering you're not going to be able to have full crowds at Lavelle Edwards Stadium if crowds are even allowed there. So if you have to play, yeah, if you let's say they have 10 games this year, and BYU currently, as it stands, has three home games, would you be opposed to having three home games versus seven road games if among those seven road games you got four or five return games for BYU as an independent? I don't think that's a bad idea, and I think that BYU is kind of thinking that way in their own right. I'm not reporting that. It's just kind of my educated guess on how Tom Homo may be approaching things with scheduling. Obviously, there are lawyers to be involved on both sides. University lawyers have to vet the language in each of these contracts. You have to make sure you get everything signed, sealed, and delivered before you can officially announce it. But it looks like BYU, for everybody who's been trying to tear them down, is making progress on putting together a schedule here. I'm not going to say it's going to be an A-plus schedule, but considering the circumstances that BYU has found themselves in and a lot of other college football programs out there would like to be in the position that BYU is in where they're planning on playing this fall but aren't, I think the Cougars are going to do their best and they're going to have some fun this fall. I'm looking forward to seeing them in action. And overall, I'm just excited to have football back. It's been fun to cover high school football here in the state of Utah so far through one week. The second week of games will be coming up this weekend, but... I cannot wait uh, to see BYU and Navy tip th- uh, not tip things off, kick things off. Excuse me, at Navy Marine Corps Stadium uh, there in a few weeks. I, I'm just I, I'm geeked out of my mind. I talked about this yesterday, guys. I cannot get it out of my mind thinking about BYU and Navy kicking things off to start the season, and I'm I'm eager for it. I think you guys are as well, and we'll have it covered for you from top to bottom as we get closer and closer to that game. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we need to talk about an announcement or actually a recommendation from the NCAA Oversight Committee about how BYU and other college football programs are expected to handle their rosters going forward into next year. 
it actually could be a, both a blessing and a curse for BYU and other college football programs. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Biomat USA. Biomat USA is a plasma donation center in Orem, Utah, and they need your guys' donations. What I love about Biomat USA is they're paying you for those donations. So if you need to make some extra cash, you can do so while also helping out your fellow man. You're probably wondering, okay, what does plasma do? Well, it goes into a myriad of life-saving technologies and treatments for a myriad of maladies and diseases out there in the world. So you're helping out your fellow man, but they're also rewarding you, speaking of Biomat USA, by giving you money for donating your plasma. They're, like I said, there's an urgent critical need for it. Their parent company, Griffles, has actually been one of the foremost authorities on looking into how convalescent plasma for COVID-19, meaning the uh, plasma from people who have recovered from this virus, can actually go in to help uh, create treatments and potentially end a va- potentially a vaccine for the virus itself. So there is just a massive, massive need for you guys to respond and go and donate your plasma at Biomat USA. They're open Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 8.30 p.m., so open from the very early morning to the late evening. Stop by anytime you're available. They're also open on Saturdays, I believe 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays before they're closed on Sundays. Easy location to get to, 349 East University Parkway in Orem, right across the street from the University Mall, right there on that intersection of both State Street and University Parkway. You can't miss it, plain and simple. If you have more questions about this, feel free to give them a call, 801-235-9800. Make sure to mention that Locked On Cougars recommended you guys stop by when you go to donate. And like I said, put some extra money in your pocket with our good friends at Biomat USA. All right, guys, before we go here on a Thursday edition of the show, wanted to run down an interesting piece coming out from the NCAA Oversight Committee and their Division I Council. And that is they have officially recommended that the board of directors for the NCAA give all fall sports student athletes both an additional year of eligibility and an additional year in which to complete it. So as it stands, the BYU, speaking of their football program, for example, they're expected to play games this fall. And according to what the Division I Council is proposing here is that BYU could play as many games as they can put on their schedule this fall, up to obviously the limit of 12 for regular season. And then all of those players who play this fall would actually just get a free pass. It's in essence an ability to play a year but not lose a year of eligibility. How would that affect BYU senior class? I don't even want to begin to try and speculate. I think guys like Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman will jump to the NFL no matter what. But other seniors on this roster, if they have a season-ending injury or something were to come up, that they feel like they didn't get a fair shake, well, guess what? They could come back and play another year. Now, you're probably wondering, well, Jake, how does that work with the scheduling, not the scheduling, the, the scholarship situation that BYU finds itself in? Well, that would also be answered by what the Division One Council announced, saying that the financial aid of fall sports student athletes who are seniors who take advantage of the additional year of eligibility and extended clock should not count against team limits in the academic year of 2021-22, meaning that BYU could keep any of those seniors, speaking of the football program, but this goes across all other fall sports, women's volleyball, women's soccer, cross country, men's and women's golf, all the different sports that participate in the fall. Uh, any athlete who came back would be able to be on scholarship if the school wants to foot the bill. Now, that is a massive proposition right now amidst the COVID-19 pandemic and the economic downturn that has also come along with it. Will most of these athletic departments be able to foot the bill of maybe millions of dollars of keeping seniors on for another year of eligibility? I think a lot of them in the current circumstance will not be able to do that. 
I can't speak for BYU in this regard of what they'll handle, but this is a similar situation that BYU found itself in the spring. The NCAA made a similar concession for spring sport athletes saying that, hey, if you play a spring sport, you get an extra year of eligibility added onto your clock, and you also have an additional year to use it up in. Some seniors from BYU baseball decided to move on. A couple decided to come back and play their senior year this coming year, hopefully. Who knows what would happen with the BYU football program because as it stands, I think there are 17 seniors who would be eligible for this as it currently is constituted. And let's be clear about one thing. The NCAA Board of Directors needs to approve this for it to go into effect. And that meeting is supposed to take place tomorrow, Friday, uh, when that is supposed to take place. And once that is decided, then you can move forward with it. But there are 17 seniors that I counted on BYU's roster who this could affect. And Let's put it this way. The full ride scholarships that football players get with the full cost of attendance, if you were to keep 17, let's say all 17 of those seniors are going to stay on with BYU, and there's no way all 17 are, but if they were to, that would be a pretty hefty price tag for the BYU Athletic Department to foot that bill for just football alone. I don't think BYU is going to turn away guys who want to come back and play that extra year if they are, are... looking to do that. I don't think they're going to say, you know what, we're just not doing it. I could be wrong about that. But I think BYU, if a guy is probably not going to see much time and is just trying to hold on for another semester or two or whatever, and just like, oh, I'm going to take advantage of it. I could see BYU saying, you know what, young man, you need to move along here. But it's a it's a very interesting situation because the NCAA has absolved itself of guilt once again by throwing all the financial consideration on the universities themselves while also making the determination of, do we want, do we want to look like jerks and just tell all these seniors, no, you got this year and that's it, or do we allow them to come back? It's not a win-win scenario for all parties. It's actually a win for the NCAA, but a lose scenario for the individual schools. But I do think it's an advantage if BYU has a guy who is a senior on this roster, and I'm not going to go out and try and speculate on names, but somebody who you expected to be a contributor, expected to be in the rotation, they go out and have a season-ending injury this fall potentially. Well, guess what? If they wanted to come back and play and you think they can help you, well, now you have that opportunity to keep them on the roster if you'd like to. Like I said, it's going to require a lot of money if a number of these athletes do take advantage of it. And the NCAA, yeah, they're just kind of washing their hands once again of it and saying, well, the schools, they can determine this for themselves. You guys go ahead and do it. It makes the school look like jerks and outright uh, just awful people if they just say, you know what, we're not going to do that. But in the current financial climate, I think there's going to be a number of athletic departments who just say, you know what, you have your senior year and you're done. We're not going to foot the bill for this. I do think BYU would consider footing the bill for certain people, but other people I'm not so sure about. And I don't know, uh, I can't begin to speculate and say, well, these players would get that opportunity while this program or this athlete wouldn't get it. I'm not going to do that. But the positive news is, is that BYU, no matter how many games they play this fall, all of the players on the roster should the NCAA Board of Directors approve this proposal, it's essentially, it's free play. You can play an entire year, get some seasoning, and actually is almost a just a great uh, experience builder for the BYU football program. I could see Kalani Sataki taking a few more risks with playing some younger players in this scenario if it officially becomes uh, adopted by the NCAA as a bylaw. But I think it's a good situation for BYU football. It's a bad situation for the BYU athletic department just in terms of the financial impact of keeping these student-athletes on. But the NCAA, you know what? 
as per typical, they decided, you know what? We're going to kind of wash our hands of this and you guys handle it and you guys can look like the bad guys. So very interesting situation all the way around. But in terms of just the on-field impact, I actually think it could have a very positive impact on BYU football considering they're staying the course and anticipating playing football this fall. All right, way over time on today's podcast, but hey, a lot of fun talking BYU sports with you guys each and every day. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on anything you learned about today's podcast, what you think about the situation with the scholarships for senior athletes, what do you make of the reported Texas State game, what do you like about the Army series, or what do you like about just BYU now officially kind of making the transition to to game week mode to prepare for Navy? I think it's an exciting time. We're full steam ahead to football. I know I haven't gotten to the player countdown series the last couple of days, but there's just been a bevy of news for BYU sports. We'll get back to that hopefully tomorrow, catch up on that. So stay with us each and every day as we talk BYU sports. Like I said, follow the show on social media, Locked On Cougars on all three major social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch, and we always are able to email the show by emailing us, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to drop us a note if you'd like to do it that way. All right, have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all doing well, staying safe, staying healthy, and just overall having a great week. And that will do it for today's edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 20th, 2020. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.